Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. Hello Church. Today we are starting a series called The Ties That Bind Us. And the idea behind this series is that there are some things that unite us, that link us to other believers, to family members, to the Lord, and they bind us together and make us stronger together than, they were, than we were apart. There's a passage in Ecclesiastes 4 that says two are better than one. It talks about if you're fighting someone, two of you can win. If you're cold, two of you can keep each other warm. There's just benefit from being together in two. But then at the end of that, it says that a cord of three strands cannot be easily broken. And that's talking about being bound together with someone else and with the Lord. And then there is extraordinary power. So we're looking at the ties that bind us. What is it that makes our relationships powerful, fruitful, and healthy? And how can we be closer to each other? Because we need to be close to each other. Obviously, we need to be close to the Lord. That is the number one relationship that all of us need, but we also need each other. It is not good to be alone. In Genesis chapter 2, God has just made everything, the whole world, the universe, and he keeps repeating, it is good, it is good, it is good, it is good. And then he says, it is not good for man to be alone. And so this first talk in our series is about being alone and the fact that it is not good. So we're looking at the benefits and the blessings and the beauty of being bound to the Lord and to each other. And we will also look at what happens when we are bound to the wrong things, the wrong people, the wrong ideas, because then we are bound in a negative sense. The Bible uses the same word bound for positive and for negative. So I'm going to show you a verse in Colossians chapter 2 that is our launch pad verse. And Paul has just been talking about um, some people who are not linked to the Lord. And in chapter 2 and verse 19, he says, they're not holding fast to the head, that is Jesus. They're not linked to God. They may call themselves believers, but he says, they're not holding fast to the head, from whom all the body, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. He says the whole body, that is the Christian body, that is people, normal, average, Joe and Jane, the, the normal people in everyday life, we become part of the body of Christ. When we're joined to the head, which is Jesus, suddenly I become joined to other believers, but there are things I have to do to, to foster those links. But he says we are joined to the head from whom the whole body nourished and knit together, Nourished, that means I'm gaining beautiful power and strength. Nourished and knit together, tied together, the binds, the, the ties that bind us by every joint and ligament, by joints and ligaments. So there are joints and there are ligaments. And those ligaments, that word for ligaments is an amazing Greek word. It's the word sundesmos, which means joined together, and 
it's used in three other places in the New Testament. In Ephesians 4 verse 3, it says, Endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. That's that word sundesmos, the bond of peace. That thing that ties us together, this peace, this love, the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. That's ligaments. What are these ligaments that tie us together, that enable us to get the nourishment from the head, that enable us to get supernatural strength and power, the benefits of being linked to God and to each other? He says the bond of peace. In Colossians 3 verse 14, he says, Above all these things put on love, which is the bond of perfection. This thing that binds us together, the ties that bind us. But then the last time this word is used, Peter is talking to the magician Simon who is misunderstanding Christianity and thinking it's something that can be bought with money. And he says, I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity, bound by iniquity. So we can either be bound to the Lord, to the Lord's people and get the nourishment and the strength that comes from God, or we can be bound to iniquity. And I want to say that both of those are about relationships. They're about relationships. You know, we think that whether I am good or bad, whether I do the right thing or the wrong thing, whether I enjoy God's blessing or punishment has to do with behavior and following a list of rules. You say, do we believe that? Well, by default, humans love to have a list of do's and don'ts the, the knowledge of good and evil, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We want to know, is this good, is this bad, and let me do the right things. But actually, right from the start, and all the way through the Bible, and all the way into eternity, it's about relationships. If I am bound in love and peace and unity with God, when I love Him and trust Him, His nourishment flows into me, then I am bound to other believers, and there is strength and unity, and the body grows strong. That's about relationship. And then that fruit that comes out of that is good fruit, joy, life, and peace. I, I start to exhibit the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. That comes out of me because I'm in relationship with God. When I'm in relationship with the devil, and you say, what do you mean by that, Greg? I mean, when I trust that he knows better than God about what is good for me. When I trust that He actually has the source of life and, and all the good things that I want. When I mistrust God and I start to trust the devil or other people of what is really good for me, I'm binding myself to them and the fruit is death. And so right from the beginning, the problem with Adam and Eve was not a problem of behavior. Please hear me now. It was a problem of relationship. God had shown them love. He had given them everything they need. He had put them together with each other. They were united as man and wife. They had everything. He said, eat from all of the trees and enjoy it, but just don't eat from the knowledge of good and evil. And the devil came and said, God doesn't really want your best. He's, he's withholding something good from you. If you will try that thing, that tree that he said not to eat, then you will get all the good things you want. You'll be like God. You'll know things. And they trusted the devil that he knew what was best for them instead of trusting their good, good father. And so it was a problem of trust, a problem of relationship, a problem of the ties that bound them 
were transferred from God to the devil. And so the idea behind this series is that there are ties that bind us in relationship with each other, with God, with family members. They're not difficult to know. They really are almost intuitive. We can do them. Trust, love, uh, intimacy, communication. These are things that we know how to do. But if we bind ourselves and we use those ties that bind us correctly to God and to his people, nourishment flows. The body grows strong. We grow strong, others grow strong, and there is a supernatural synergy together. We produce fruit and life and joy and peace. There is a good result if we bind ourselves correctly to the Lord and to others. But if we don't, if we start to trust others who say things that God doesn't say, who make us mistrust God, who make us turn away from God and his people, then we bind ourselves to them and we can become bound as Simon the Magician was. I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. And so, Lord, help us. Help us to be bound with the right things in the right ways, with the right people and with you. Amen. So I'd like to just show you the power of this unity. In Genesis chapter 11, the people of earth are all together. They have one language. Let me just read it to you. They are united in purpose and language. And they decide to build a tower to heaven. Genesis 11 says, Now the whole earth had one language, one speech. One speech. Uh, they found a plain of Shinar. They said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. Um, they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. The Lord came down and s to see what they were doing. And in verse 6 it says, And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one, and they all have one language, and this is what they begin to do. Now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Nothing they propose to do will be withheld from them. The New International Version says nothing will be impossible for them. Why? Because they had bound themselves in unity. Now, unfortunately, they had bound themselves against God. And so the result, even though it took some time to play itself out, the result was division and death and not a good result. But God is always trying to bind us together in unity with him. It's interesting that the, the result of this rebellion against God, God said, they can't do this. I'm going to give them languages that will cause them to be separated and go and become different nations and tribes around the earth. And then in Pentecost, in Acts chapter 2, it says there were people from every nation under heaven together in Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit came. God gave birth to his church and he gave languages again. But this time it wasn't to divide people and to cause them to be racially segregated. This time it was to unite people and cause them to be a new race, a new nation, the church of God. So God is always looking for unity and to bring people back together. Let me just read you that passage from Ecclesiastes chapter 4, because it's so beautiful, and it shows the power of what unity can do. In Ecclesiastes 4, it says, Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their labor. Synergy. We get more out of our labor. 
If you do your labor, you get one result. If I do my labor, I get one result. When we combine our labor together, we don't get one plus one equals two. We get a synergy. We get extra reward for our labor. He goes on to say, For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. It is not good to be alone. Woe to him who, who falls when he is alone. Friend, have you experienced being alone? You know, through this lockdown time of coronavirus around the world, there has been a pandemic, not only of the disease, but of loneliness and isolation. We have realized how damaging and desperate it is for us to be alone and to be cut off from other people. And I want to say that God wants you to have the right ties that bind you to other people and to Him. And it's His will, and so He gives us the grace and the ability to do it. And I'm going to encourage you to have the boldness to step out and to try and reconnect with people. It's not good for us to be alone. Woe to him who is alone when he falls. When he falls, not if he falls. Because in this world that we live in that is damaged by sin, we will fall. The book of Proverbs says a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets up again. You will fall. You will have setbacks. Jesus said, John 16, that in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. When we fall, we don't want to be alone. We need other people. We are here for you. The church around the corner from you is here for you. Christians, brothers and sisters are here for you. The Bible says better a friend nearby than a brother far away. You need people near you. And even if you're isolated and far away from those you normally spend time with, please reach out. It's better to be with others. It goes on to say, again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? There is a, a generated warmth and protection and comfort and heat that comes from being with another person. Something happens when we are together. It is not good to be alone. Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And this applies to the devil as well. You know, the devil looks for the isolated person in the crowd. I grew up in Africa and we used to watch in the wild in the bush of Africa. We used to watch lions and leopards and various other animals of prey stalking to try and kill an animal in a herd. And they always looked for the isolated animal, usually the small and the weak one, but definitely the isolated one. When there is a herd of buck or buffalo or zebra, whatever it is, that herd is protected because they are together. But when one is isolated from the herd, then the animals of prey can take it much more easily. And the Bible says the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for whom he may devour. Can I challenge you, my dear friend, if you are a Christian, you need to be with other believers on a regular basis. You need to spend time. You need to open your heart, your life, share with them, give them the gifts that God has given you and receive gifts from them because otherwise we are isolated and we can be overpowered. The illustration of a coal out of the fire, when the coal leaves the fire and is on its own, it goes out very, very quickly. If you are out of fellowship, you are vulnerable, my friend. When you're walking past a bunch of bananas in the fruit bowl, which banana do you pick? 
the one that is already off the bunch. You take that one and you eat it. And the devil is looking for somebody whom he may devour. And I want to say to you, let today be the day where you say, I will not be devoured. I will not be alone. I will not be isolated. Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And then this last sentence, which is so beautiful. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. When we bring the Lord, the power of the Lord's Spirit, into our friendships, into our marriage, into our family lives, into our relationships, then we have a threefold cord. And suddenly it's not just you and me trying to be friends with each other and trying to overcome the awkwardness and the misunderstandings that happen in every human relationship. Every human relationship. In Matthew 18, Jesus said, offenses will happen. Offenses will happen. You can count on it. You will be offended by something or somebody. Someone will be offended by you. They will happen. But when we get the Lord in our relationships, we have a threefold cord and it is not quickly broken. The power of God's Spirit comes in. I don't have time to tell you the story now, but in Joshua chapter 9 and 10, the Israelites are deceived by a neighboring tribe called the Gibeonites. And they make a covenant with them, even though they weren't who they said they were. And God said, because there's a covenant, which basically means a threefold cord, because God is involved between the Gibeonites, the Israelites, and himself. God has now made this covenant a threefold cord. God made the sun stand still in Joshua chapter 10 so that the Israelites could protect the Gibeonites from being attacked. And God moved heaven and earth. It's, it's an amazing story, which I hope to tell you in one of the future weeks. But when we involve God in our relationships, everything changes and it is not easily broken. Amen. Just one more scripture before I list a few of the, the ties that bind us. In 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 17, it says, Whoever is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Whoever is bound, tied together with the Lord, becomes one spirit with God. And there is this power injection of the holy God of the earth, the God of all creation, the, the, the God of the armies of Israel. His spirit, that powerful spirit, is now one with my spirit. And there is something amazing that happens when I am bound together with the Lord. So what are these ties that bind us? I'm going to list just a few of them. Family ties is the first one. When we have a shared heritage, um, shared genetic makeup, um, perhaps an identity that we come from a certain place or we are, have a same name or a same ancestor, then we have family ties and that binds us. And in God, he wants us to be part of a new family. He puts us into the family of God. We are accepted in the beloved. Ephesians 1 verse 6 says, Ephesians 3 verse 15 says, we are part of this family, some of whom are in heaven, some are on earth, but we are one new family. And Galatians 3 says that we are now all sons and daughters of God. It doesn't matter if you're Jew or Greek, male or female, slave or free, all of that goes away. And now we are children of Abraham and children of God. There is a family identity that comes from being bound to God. And so now I have new brothers and sisters who also have the same father in heaven. 
as me. So there's a family tie that binds us. I'm talking about natural ties that bind us, but they also apply to spiritual things. The second one is shared experiences. We are bound to other people when we have shared experiences. I was watching TV once. I was just flipping through the channels and there was a channel um, that showed a program about how this couple were dating. And it was a setup date. The TV program had set up a date between this man and this woman. And the guy said, if we do something scary and exciting together, then she's going to like me more. And then there's a good chance that we will form a relationship. And so he took her, I think it was water skiing, and there was something really exciting and difficult and scary because they'd shared a, an experience together there was a chance of a relationship. That is one of the ties that bind us to people. And in order to do that with the people of God and with God himself, we have to be willing to step out of the boat. We need to have experiences with God's people rather than, and I'm not trying to make you feel uncomfortable, but let me just say this, rather than just walking into church, sitting down, walking out without talking to anyone, without being involved, Rather than that, why not do something with the people of God? Get involved, serve in a team, um, go out on the streets witnessing, go on a missions trip, uh, get involved in a small group, volunteer for something and do something with others. Because when we have shared experiences together, the byproduct, which is a beautiful thing, is that our relationships are cemented. And with the Lord, you know. Peter was the only one of the 12 disciples who got out of the boat and said, Jesus, I want to walk on the water to you. He was the only one. And even though he sank, he had a shared experience with Jesus where he trusted him. He walked on the water for several paces and then Jesus stretched out his hand and rescued him. That experience built his relationship with Jesus because he was willing to step out of the boat and try something for the Lord and risk. Are you? Shared experiences bind us to God and to other people. A shared future task, if we are looking ahead to a goal with somebody else, often in companies, they get people together for team building and they say, this is where we're going. Let's get united behind a shared goal and a shared task. Friends, as believers, we have a shared goal and a shared future. We are trying to reach the whole planet for Christ. That is the Great Commission. And when you join with other believers and you say, we know where we're going and we're going to heaven beyond that mission, then you are united. That is one of the ties that bind us. Shared values, shared interests, shared beliefs. If we share the values of God and his word. So it's not my preference. Do I like black coffee or white coffee? Do I like this kind of music or that kind of music? No, no. My values are God's values. I say, God, what does your word say is important? What does your word say is true? What does your word say I should be building my life upon? And when I share that with other people, it doesn't matter if they have the same interests as me, the same race as me, the same age as me, the same economic background as me. None of those things matter because we have shared values and shared beliefs. We say God's word is primary and that unites us and it ties us together. Love and commitment. These are two things, but I'm going to combine them as one. When we love each other, when we prefer each other, when we have affection, brotherly love for one another, when we care about the other person's well-being, and love in the Bible carries with it this idea of a decision, 
not just an emotion, a decision that says, I love you and I prefer you and I'm here for you and I'm committed to you. When we have that bond, when I join with other believers in that kind of a bond, it binds us together. And then lastly, the spiritual glue of God's spirit being in us and with us and uniting us. So I'm just going to close by reading two scriptures. Proverbs 13 verse 20 says, He who walks with the wise or with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. And a similar verse from the New Testament says, Evil company corrupts good habits. He who walks with the wise will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Evil company corrupts good habits. Can I challenge you? and ask you, who are you binding your life with? You say, well, I just let it happen. If I like someone, then I, I get close to them. It doesn't matter what they believe. It doesn't matter what they say. Friend, you are affected by the people that you spend time with, that you share your life with. It rubs off on us. It rubs off on us. Evil company corrupts us. Uh, if we walk with the wise, we become wise. And the next step beyond this is that the one that I worship, I become like. In 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18, it says, We gaze on the glory of God as in a mirror. And as we're gazing on that glory, as we're worshiping God, as we're spending time praying, praising Him, reading His word, telling Him how great He is, as we're gazing on the glory of God, it says we are changed into the image of God from glory to glory. But the flip side of that is if I worship money or this world or pleasure or social status or whatever it is, if I worship something other than God, I become like that thing. I become like the thing that I worship. And so what are the ties that bind us? There are all these different ways that we can have good close relationships. But at the end of the day, it comes down to a decision where I say, who will I worship and which people will I spend my time with? Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.